Welcome to the Pineapple Couch with B Rob. Today is Tuesday, December 8th, and this is episode 65 of the Pineapple Couch. Um, if you like what you're listening to, you can subscribe to us on Apple Music I, or Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and I am joined by two great gentlemen, two gentlemen that you, the listeners, know and love. I have Kyle. Kyle, how you doing, my friend? Doing great. How you doing? Fantastic. Talking some NBA. Very excited for that. And Josh. Josh, how are you? Great. Um, yeah, we have a great episode for everyone today. We're going to be diving into the a kind of an NBA Eastern Conference preview, and then we are going to be diving into The Mandalorian, the show on Disney+. Plus. There's two episodes left in the season. That will be the second half of this podcast, so if you're not all the way caught up on that series and don't want any spoilers, when that time comes on the podcast, you can um, pause it and maybe wait. I will put the the time of that in this, the description of the podcast, though, so you'll know um, where when that will be coming. Um, but we're going to be doing our NBA preview over the course of the next three or four episodes. We're going to start with an Eastern Conference preview. Then we're going to do a Western Conference preview. And then we'll do kind of a full NBA gambling betting futures preview right before the season starts and then we'll be doing weekly by or weekly maybe every other week pods probably weekly about the nba going on from there um gentlemen how i want to approach the eastern conference is we'll talk about some of the key additions to teams and then we'll just kind of do a a power rankings we'll go off josh's rankings and we'll let him be the punching bag and so we'll (laughs) disagree or agree with what he says and Throughout that conversation, we'll kind of get through all the major talking points of the Eastern Conference, and then at the end, we'll cap it off kind of looking at some of the gambling odds that are out so far for the NBA, specifically in the Eastern Conference, like Eastern Conference champion, and then maybe if you're maybe if Josh has some other stuff, we'll see what that is. All right. Does that sound good, guys? Sounds great. All right. First First transaction I want to talk about, and we've talked about this before. It's not breaking news, but I want to really set the state the set the stage for this season. Drew Holiday goes to the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Bucks were the number one seed <clears throat> in the Eastern Conference playoffs last year. They uh, obviously fell short to the Miami Heat. Yes, they fell short to the Heat, and then the Heat went on yeah. to beat the Celtics. And yeah. the the big obviously problem with Milwaukee, in my opinion, and I'll ask you guys right. My opinion with Milwaukee. They didn't have another playmaker really to put alongside Giannis. And so I guess that's what they're doing with this Drew Holiday role. That was what I thought was the biggest problem with the Bucs. Kyle, what what was your take on the Bucs last year? Yeah, I think the obvious thing here is what you just said. Just no one else to handle the ball but Giannis. And when it came down to crunch time, if there's no one else to handle the ball and they know it's just going to be him dribbling it, all they have to do is build a wall around the paint and there's nothing else to do. What's ironic is is that they had a guy on the team two seasons ago who could handle the ball and who's now flourished into almost a star in Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, it's funny, if you go back to that actual signing of Eric Bledsoe midseason, it was when he went on this like two-week tear out of nowhere, and then as soon as he signed, he is immediately tanked again. Well, then and he I don't became know if- Terry Rozier's son. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, it's good for them that, you know, they got Drew Holiday. I just think, you know, for the purposes of keeping uh, Giannis, it's it's not a good sign when they let Malcolm Brogdon walk. They re-signed Bledsoe. Now they have Drew Holiday to give a bunch of assets. Uh, I, I don't, 
I understand Giannis's reluctance to sign with this team long term, and especially because they fucked up the the Bogdan. The bro- yeah, yeah. Also, the uh, the deadline for Giannis to resign is coming up. Also, to sign the supermax extension. Apparently, he's still in Greece. When is currently. that? When uh, is the? Uh, I want to say it's like the Saturday before the season starts. But oh, it could shoot. Be wrong. I want I want to make sure that's the case, but because it's the supermax, that's that's huge. Actually, prior to the season. That's the thing. So that's what they're waiting on. But again, Brian and I talked about this two weeks ago. I still think you giving up everything in that Drew Holiday deal. Obviously, you assume uh, Bogdan is coming with that. But I think he's he's staying. I, I don't think you would give up five first-round picks without some kind of assurance. So on, I, on that note, um, from what I've heard that – on Twitter and stuff is that Giannis was very, very disappointed with their failures to get Bogdan from the Kings. And because he really wanted to play with him, he thought he was a, um, a kid, the killer instinct. He was a, a big time player down the stretch. And Kyle, I, I know you can certainly attest to that at watching him in Sacramento. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Poor there Kyle. is a big thing that no one is talking about enough is what is going to go on in the next NBA collective bargaining agreement in a year or two when the NBA obviously is losing a little money right now. They're not as making much money as they used to, and you're wondering about how the future will go with all what everything's going on. A lot of people are kind of saying that maybe some players are going to start taking those five-year extensions, even if they don't want to resign, kind of like they usually do, but just to lock into that amount of money because maybe in a couple years that Supermax might not be as much. And, I mean, I guess what they already do anyways is they just sign it, and then when they're unhappy, they request a trade. Giannis just seems a little more um, truthful, or I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive, but they're just a part of Giannis that he doesn't seem like a backstabber. I don't know. Not that anyone who leaves is a backstabber. It's just, you guys know what I'm saying? But to counter your point, I think we would have said the same thing about Durant in OKC. The same thing about, I mean, I know it's slightly different because he didn't ask out, I guess. He just signed elsewhere. But with LeBron in Cleveland, uh, Anthony Davis, we thought he was a small market hero saving everybody. Great point. And just these guys, these guys aren't that, they're not that is the thing. Mm I don't think he wants to stay in Milwaukee for his entire career. I think he likes the idea. He idolizes Kobe Bryant, apparently. And, and the main reasons is because the one franchise kept him for the entire uh, entirety of his career. And it's and it's and he's beloved. But I think it's because it's the Lakers, though, too, though. That's well, yeah. why and Kobe Bryant was... The so, Bucks so can't just deal. swing and get free agents like the Lakers could. Okay. Obviously not. So we'll get to the Bucks a little more when we go through our power rankings. Let's go to the next edition. Last oh. last thing though, real go, quick, sorry, go. is that I think he, there is going to be something. He's going to make a definitive statement though, because I don't think Giannis is going to want this hanging over his head. I don't think it's going to be he's going to want to spend the whole season answering questions about, hey, are you going to resign? Are you going to go? Like, what teams are you interested? I think he's either going to sign it. Kevin outright. Durant treatment. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you don't want. He doesn't want that because he strikes me as a guy that definitely is media shy a little bit as far as like he just doesn't want to be the center of attention in that regard Mm -hmm. so he's either going to come out and say listen i'm going to reevaluate the end of the season or something along the lines or whatever or he's just going to fucking sign the contract yeah maybe you'll ask out but to your point earlier though all those same things could be maybe said of kevin durant before that season (laughs) it's it's weird but um all right next uh thing i wanted to get to speaking of kevin durant um Russell Westbrook signs to the Wizards, or not signs to the Wizards, traded the Wizards for John Wall. Um, 
and I was kind of critical of this trade or the three of us when we talked about it, about, I think it was a week ago, um, is kind of the Spider-Man meme was the thing we were joking about. And while I still think that is true, I'm starting to think about when I think about this deal, Russell Westbrook in the Eastern Conference with Bradley Beal. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to win at all. I'm not saying that, but they are going to be a playoff team, obviously. But they're a team who I think could be at the end of the season higher in the standings than they are. Like the, reflecting, like they are not. Maybe they're not. They're okay. They're definitely not the third or fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. But they are a type of team where Russell Westbrook and Beal can just go off, and they could maybe be in contention with the three, four, five seed when they're probably like the seven, eight. You guys know what I'm saying? I agree, um, 100%. So, so I, I like the move for the Wizards, too, because it's really no it's no risk. I mean, because you yeah. already were locked in with John Wall, and Russell Westbrook for is better than John Wall, and you have yeah. the pick you gave. He was he, always better than John the Wall. The pick they gave yeah. Houston is top 10 protected for the next, like, five years. So it's yeah. like it's not going to be that much. So I think it's a great move for the Wizards. To, they're going to make the playoffs, right? Like, So you guys have a take on this? Or I think – yeah, I think it it elevates them a little bit just because, I mean, even though Russell Westbrook isn't going to win you anything ever, he's still going to make you, you know, an over 500 team. And mm-hmm. I think Bradley Beal, just because he's on the Wizards, we kind of overlook the fact of like how good of a player he actually is. He's the type of guy who can create his own shot, but he can create his own shot and he's a shooting guard, which you don't see that often anymore with a lot of players. Usually 30 these, a like, game. Yeah, usually yeah, these like... 30. These shitty guards, high score, or high scoring shitty guards, guards who are on shitty teams, they're usually point guards, and he's a shooting guard doing this. So I think with mm-hmm. him actually getting someone who can run an offense will at least benefit him. Oh, Again, yeah. I don't want to make it sound like I'm hyping up the Wizards because I have them not seated very high, but they'll definitely be an over 500 team, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I agree. Feel, feel the same way. Yeah, I think um, I do think we're overrating Bradley Beal just a little bit. I love Bradley Beal a lot, and I think he's really good. But I think he he's just isn't playing winning basketball when he's by himself, at the very least. The thirty points per game is phenomenal. It's great on stat sheet. I think it's a little fraudulent. I think the Wizards were never a good team the entirety of last year. Played absolutely no defense and just got into these one hundred and fifty point per mm-hmm. game bounce well, and i no no discredit like no, this yeah. is a prove it for bradley beal i yeah, just think this, that this year is a lot he has a lot to put on the line this year i agree he's he was mostly playing off ball with john wall because obviously because john wall is a ball dominant point guard and you can get him the ball off of screen high screens or from anywhere basically but i would really like to see maybe is a case somewhat similar to houston where they kind of share ball duty a little bit with Russ and uh, and Brad Beal because I, mm-hmm. I still think he's great on ball and that's what I want to see more of. Okay, last um, addition I want to get to because we're gonna really get to all the other additions when we go through our power rankings because I don't think this team will be very high in our power rankings at all. Is uh, Gordon Hayward goes to the Hornets? He obviously is paired with Lamelo Ball. My question is not. I mean, maybe the Hornets could be the eight seed. That is their ceiling, and I'm not going to talk about them being frisky or anything. Really, maybe I could be wrong when we go on that leap. My question to you guys is, I during Gordon Hayward's time at the end with the Jazz, he was an, a very, very good NBA player. He was an all-star. He was a great, solid, not like the number one option on a championship team, obviously. Maybe a low-end two, good three. Do we ever think we're going to see that from him again? I'll start with you, Josh. 
we saw it a little bit last year. There was like a, a two-week stretch with uh, Gordon Hayward where he was looking though. vintage. But then he got hurt again, and and I think that's the biggest thing is it's just it's he's too injury prone I think to be anything more than that, and I think he's in a worse offense now with more guys that don't know who the fuck they are in Charlotte. Credit to the, their young core because I think their young core is actually pretty solid, but I I just don't think anyone knows who they are yet. They're still trying to figure out what their NBA careers are going to look like. And you have Gordon Hayward who's also trying to figure out his fucking path too. I mean. He's going to be the same guy he was in Boston, just inconsistent, probably flashes of brilliance every now and then. But he's going to be a good teammate and probably just going to smile as he cashes in his $30 million a year. That's my take. Kyle? Yeah, similarly, I feel like Gordon Hayward was able to thrive in that environment in Boston because of the surroundings he had on that team. He had a good coach who was able to set him up well, and he had other players on that team to take the stress off of his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Now he's the thirty million dollar guy. I mean, I know he was making I don't know thirty five million in Boston, but now he's making more money. In yeah, Boston. but now he is the top paid guy on the Charlotte team that's very young and doesn't have a lot of experience. And to that, there's not a lot of other players that can really score and create their own shot on that team. So a lot more is going to fall on him. Yeah, so at I'm the wondering end of the how game he's, especially. Yeah. So I'm wondering how he's going to do with that pressure now because there's so many good players on Boston to be able to score for him and like set him up for shots, but now it's just him, him and LaMelo Ball. And I would just like to say, just to, I'm going to counter both of us right here, I would say that maybe a no-pressure environment in Charlotte where they don't really have many expectations, like a you know, That's like true, a 31 yeah. season for them is, is kind of a win, honestly, just to be, you know, somewhat above like the shitty, shitty lottery teams. Maybe it's able to allow him to rehab a little bit and kind of get comfortable again. But I, I, I lean towards what we first said, Kyle, for the record. Okay. Um, all right. <clears throat> Let's get into power rankings now because I feel like this will kind of carry out the rest of this Eastern Conference preview. And again, if anything rapidly changes in the Eastern Conference, i.e. a trade by James Harden, we're not going to get into that today because we don't know what's going to happen, but we will definitely do an emergency podcast if that does. But things could change. So in our preview in about a week, our full preview of the betting one, we'll get into that maybe again. But for today, we're just going to go into our Eastern Conference power rankings. Josh, we're going to go off your list. And then we are going to, me and Kyle will chime in on where we disagree. But we're going to just kind of talk about the teams that way. So Josh, take it away. Yeah, so uh, power rankings, I think, is a little... um, like I think there's teams better than each other on this. It's more this is more of a standings. Yeah. Um okay, how we'll do it. I just want to say is so you're going to give your teams and Kyle and I will we'll just talk about the team with you and then after we talk about it with you we'll say hey, maybe we differ here, but we're just going to you're going to go off your team and then we'll all talk about that team. Yeah. So it's not re- repetitive. So this is this is my standings projections more so the playoff okay. seeding more yeah. so than than it is because I don't necessarily think the Bucks yeah. are the first the best team in the in the East but they're number no, one let's in my do, let's do my power rankings. rankings or do we want to do what we think the it's what do you guys think what do you want to do power rankings or the seeding I, I like honestly I like the seeding okay the seeding idea I do, for like I do set it up for playoffs yeah also yeah. because I've I have because we could do power rankings right yeah now. we'll do power <laughs> rankings like a top ten overall or something yeah yeah for, the, for just good the call. Eastern Conference yeah good call that's that sounds good. Take it, Josh. Um, yeah, so I, like I said, just hinted at Bucks number one. I think they're the best regular season team in the East, probably in the league once again. I think they, you know, they did <laughs> move the roster around a little bit, but they got better. I think Drew Holiday is miles, 
miles better than fucking Eric Bledsoe. And it's incredible that they were able to get him off. He's the same level defender, if not better, that we talked about all uh, before, a couple, two weeks ago, maybe, we said. And he's way better at shot creation and just a better teammate, just all around. He was teammate of the year last year. So mm-hmm. all in on Drew Holiday. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo and uh, Pat Connington, probably bigger roles in the offense as well. I like this Milwaukee team a lot. So a here, lot, a lot. Here's still. what I'll say about Milwaukee. Um, I like the Drew Holiday addition. Obviously, I think that makes them a better team. But this team, as it is currently constructed, is not going to make the 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 finals. And I, I, just, agree. I don't they're, think they have it. They're built for the regular season. They're built for the regular season. I agree. Season. But the only the road for them to make the finals. And I'm not going to try, like, maybe there is a hypothetical trade, but that's, I'm not going to get into that. It would be another leap from Giannis. And you might be saying, beer up. He, he has two fucking MVPs in a row. But there is that leap you guys know I'm talking about. The shot. Where it's the shot, but also the closing games. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, that addition of Drew Holiday will be enough to maybe push him to another level at the end of the game. So if you're a Bucks fan, that's what you have to be hoping for, I think. Kyle? I think it's just, this is pretty similar to the Kevin Durant situation where the whole focus of the season now is going to be on Giannis. It's going to be a huge distraction for the rest of the team. And I just have a feeling that with the attitude of the team, like any point in time they go on like a two or three game losing streak, if that does happen, all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh, Giannis isn't happy. Giannis isn't happy. And even if he does sign that, you know, the Supermax extension, we've seen that that doesn't mean shit to these players anymore. That just means mm-hmm. that's more money in their pocket. It doesn't mean they're actually going to stay there. So I feel like now we're getting to a point where it's so much wrapped about wrapped up about Giannis that it might affect the day-to-day with the team, where it's cater to Giannis, cater to Giannis, cater to Giannis, make sure he's happy, where all these other players are starting to be overlooked a little bit more by the, by the organization itself, and all other players start to become a little unhappy on the inside and And I'll get into this later, but I think one thing that we learned from these bubble playoffs is the fact that team chemistry really matters. (laughs) Is that a slide at the Clippers? A little bit, but more of a... We're we're talking Eastern Conference. We'll save that for the Western Conference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Uh, Yeah, good points, Josh. Who do you have it to? For for the purposes of regular season... I think the Bucks will be the ones. It's it's the Bucks. It that's the clear answer. The the one concern I think is Budenholzer has to get his rotation down to a playoff rotation in time for playoffs. The story of Mike Budenholzer. Be, exactly. He's going to play 13 all season and then it's just going to be like, "Oh, what the fuck? DJ Augustine isn't playing well." And it's like, "No shit." Um all right, here we go at number 2. I have the Celtics here. This is a uh, probably a somewhat unpopular pick this high. But I think Jason Tatum, without Gordon Hayward, is going to take another fucking leap. Kemba Walker sidelined as well. I think Tatum is going to take another fucking leap. He is going to take over ball handling duty. He's going to get better at passing the ball, distributing. I have him as a Dark Horse MVP pick as well. I'm very high on Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown's going to get better. Marcus Smart, I love as well. And the addition of Tristan Thompson is just so, so fucking good to have the true big men to do the dirty work there. Can't stretch the floor, but I I really like Boston. You get the only the only reason why I think maybe the regular season success might not be as good as two is maybe because Kemba Walker misses too much time. But I'm telling you, I think Jason Tatum is All NBA first team this year. That's my that's my biggest take. I bet you he won't be. Okay, 
I mean, that's not even a slight on Jason Tatum. I'm just thinking Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kawhi Leonard. That's a good point. And that without even mentioning Luka also. Yeah. But I but just think he, Tatum's he, that he, level. I mean, I I don't want I don't that's kind of I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sound negative about Tatum. I love mm-hmm. him. But um one thing it it's weird what's I just want to say this really quickly. It's kind of a side tangent. What's so crazy about we're giving these regular season power rankings, guys? And we all know, though, because the NBA, the regular season doesn't mean shit for the most part. Yeah. Like, it's just the level of play is just so different. And I think it's it's just so much of a difference between the regular season and the playoffs and the NBA than any other sport by far. Because, like, if we're looking at this, like, yeah, the Bucks are going to be the number one, I think, in the regular season. I had them at four. If I was looking at overall, like how they would finish in the East of like how they would go through the playoffs. So that's a side tangent. I'll get back to the Mm -hmm. Celtics. Sorry. Jason Tatum, he could average 30 a game, Josh. Yes, I think he could be, he could make a conversation to maybe get onto that first team. Odds are very stacked against him to do it, but he could definitely have a season where he does that. And also Jalen Brown, I think you expect him to take another leap. They're also both um, long-term locked up there, those two. I've said this way too many times on the podcast, and I know it's an exaggeration, but if you're the Celtics, you got to be hoping that that's Pippen Jordan. You have Jalen Brown and Tatum. You have those two wings, and that's something in this league when you need switchable versatility towards the end of the game you got to lock those two guys up. And so where it really comes in for the Celtics is what can you get out of Kemba Walker? How healthy is he going to be? And then I think the why I like the Celtics a lot this year is the most underrated move of the entire free agency was the Celtics getting Tristan Thompson. That is huge for end of the game. Like how he he destroyed the Warriors when the Cavs came back from 3-1. He was eating the glass. And if the Celtics can have that in the playoffs, that is a it was tremendous their advantage. It's their biggest it problem. The, so it was their it's biggest huge. problem. They they solved it. And then I think there's an addition by with by subtra- of subtraction with uh, without Gordon Hayward. Any of those lingering uh, concerns if he's getting enough of the role in the offense, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I like to Gordon fully Hayward embrace the two young wings. That's that's exactly what I'm saying, and and that's why I think it's full blown Tatum Brown. Let's go, Kyle. I think on paper their starting lineup, like you look at it, it's you can make an argument that it's one of the best, especially with Kevin Durant coming back from an injury. Like, it's definitely one of the best starting lineups in the East. I just, man, I'm looking at their bench right now, and their bench is absolutely atrocious. So, don't get me wrong. Like, when it comes to playoffs, you're only going to be having a seven- or eight-man rotation to begin with. But the bench for the regular season, like, it's it's not looking good for them. Um, I think you're right, Josh. Jason Tatum still has room to make a, make a leap, and there's nothing that he's done before this to make us think otherwise. Like every mm-hmm. year, he's he's had significant jumps. I just think with the longevity of the regular season, how much these players like to do their little, uh, um, uh, what's it called, uh, the their, Instagram workouts? No, 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 no. <laughs> they like to do their like their their days the off in the, in the regular season. Uh, I think that that's going to affect their yeah. standing as well, too. It's just like, you know, especially Kemba Walker, like you mentioned, Josh, he's a little bit of a wild card right but now. On how- they did sign Jeff Teague, and I really like Jeff Teague still. I don't, I don't think, like, don't he's, like not, he's not, he's not, he's not Kemba. Like he's not Kemba, I like but I like, I like Jeff Teague a lot. 
That's fair. I but like he's, that. he's probably too much Jeff Teague this season. It's probably bad. You're right, so, though. Yeah, if you're a Boston Celtics fan, you do not <laughs> yeah, want to be here. You don't want to lean on. Regardless of, of the sort of flack I was giving Hayward earlier, like he was still a decent guy to like come in at the end of games and a rotation player to come in and be able to fill a role where he actually run your facil- offense, facilitates yeah. the offense and knows what he's doing out there. I don't feel like they replaced him that well this year. Like I don't feel like they got anyone to really replace him. They did get Tristan Thompson which they have desperately needed for years now. And hopefully the ship hasn't, it's not a little too late because they made it close. And what they've been missing every year was a significant rebounder. I just don't think they did enough to recoup what was lost with Gordon Hayward. And I'm not even saying just from like a sign and trade perspective. I'm just saying straight up from a player perspective of just talent on that team. It's going to be a pretty big hit. And to your point, that puts so much pressure on Kemba to stay healthy. Yeah. Which he won't. <laughs> he never does. It's a risky pick. <laughs> I still think without Gordon Hayward, it's still a positive. And also, I really like Aaron Nesmith uh, coming out of the draft as well. He's one of the best shooters in the whole draft. He's going to be probably an impact player for them as well. And, and that's also never good talking about a rookie. But I, I really like Nesmith. He's just going to be that you know their wing off the bench that's going to make shots, and mm-hmm. it's going to be that's going to be good too. Okay, take us to three. All right, so this is also – I went controversial two and three, too, uh, maybe as a talking point, but I originally had this team two because that's how high I am on them, and I, uh, so I'm i going to regret it probably, but I have the Sixers. Sixers Whoa, at three. Oh, shit, dude. I Whoa. think Doc Rivers – I'm like I, I totally way understand. off. Totally Whoa. understand. Same. Whoa. I just think injecting new blood is all this team fucking needed is my thing. With Doc Rivers – I think, and maybe I'm three. Kool Aid. I know, I know, but I think they're going to be that good in the regular season. They're going to be that good in the regular Defensive season. Defensive and I'm shoot. Telling you. Is he, is he's he been working on it. His right hand. He has, like, he has a competent. I know they say every offseason, but they said again that he has a competent mid range jumper. So that's something. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, when they're healthy, are among the best duo in the league. I really like their addition of Seth Curry. Uh, unfortunately, it had to come at the cost of Josh Richardson. But you get shooters around them. Danny Green, again, another shooter. Okay, yeah, this, they're gonna this have- is a freezing. This is a freezing cold take. The only <laughs> way you'll get like bailed out is if they somehow get James Harden, and you shouldn't get tra- credit for that because then and they, they might do. be at three. That's, I That's, have that on there too. But, though, is the thing, dude. It's, I it's you really think they're better than the Heat, the Nets, and the Raptors? Yes. I because just how they're so young. Ben Simmons is so fucking good. But how would the the, the playoffs last year lead you to believe that the 76ers are going to be a better team than the Miami Heat? They restructured with Daryl Morey. I I'm telling you, I think they're they got Is Daryl Morey going to guard Jimmy Butler? <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. I I agree. I know why this is this is a fucking scalding take for you guys. I understand. It's uh, I, Kyle, what do you I, I what do you think, Kyle? On paper, right now, I have them as my fifth seed. I'm I, at six. Uh, so, so here's the thing, though. I think they're better than they were last year, though. Is why I don't have them at six. I why, don't, like, I don't agree with that. I think uh, I I just don't. <laughs> they still haven't fixed their problem. Like I get they got Seth Curry coming off the bench now with shooting, but I Danny just don't Green think too. Sh- uh, yeah, but Danny Green, you saw him in the playoffs, man. He's Sure, he'll give you some points in the regular season, but when it really comes down to mattering, he's not going to get you a bucket. But I think I do think this now to to credit you, Josh, with Daryl Morey, 
Maury makes the most trades out of any GM in the league. So I think that what we're seeing right now, this team is not what it's going to look like at the trade deadline uh, this season. So I think there's still a lot of moves to be made with this team. What moves exactly, I don't really know. But as it stands right now, I just don't see them higher than, you know, what you just mentioned, B-Rob, Nets, Bucks, Heat, Boston. I'm just new coach. I, I respect the I respect the alternate take, Josh. I don't take mm-hmm. my criticism as a no, no, no. I, for, I like I, that. Nothing personal. Yeah, I nothing just think personal. But I fucking a new hate head you. coach. I <laughs> 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 I just think Brett Brown was a fucking was a loser for them. That's true. Right? Brett Brown I, was yeah. terrible. Like he was and pretty that's bad. A, that's why I so have Elton Brand. Because I think this is a trendy pick, and there's great value in this, and that's also why I think they're the best dark horse title contending team right now because they have the best value. They have plus 2000 odds, I believe on Bavada right now. And it's pretty fucking good because I think they're the best team outside of the immediate favorites. Well, they are to, the only to team too, this. to be able to keep up. I think with the size they have, they can actually keep up the Lakers in a seven game series as well. And Dwight's kind of a sneaky, apparently <laughs> Dwight's also one of the easy, leading voices. Easy. Oh, that's too, that, which is not, not a, a good, good sign, sign either. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Um, what do you have? I really, what do you the have? Duo is great. I what do you have four. I have the Nets here. Uh, okay. I think the Nets are probably the best team. Yep. In this whole uh, power ranking, their potential, their their ceiling. But I'm I'm a little fucking worried. Is the thing? They, can I take surprisingly deep? Can I take on. this? I want the Nets are my. Yep. I think the Nets are the, going to make the finals this year, and. Whether they, if they want to win the finals, Kyrie Irving matters. If they want to win the East, honestly, I think Kevin Durant is all that matters. If Kevin Durant is healthy and You're playing right. like Kevin Durant, that's the I think he's though. the best player in the world. I, I, I think agree what with you. He, in- he's so. I, I just think in. I, I he's so fucking he's so Kevin Durant is just. He's so beautiful to watch play basketball. Everyone can call him a snake. I whatever. I understand. He came to the Warriors. I like the Warriors. He left the Warriors, and I still think he's the most beautiful. He's the most beautiful like shot I've ever seen. The way he can score and pull up. If he's healthy, I think he can carry them through the Eastern Conference playoffs. It's a big if, though. Coming off an Achilles tear, I mean, yeah. no, there's been barely any NBA players that. But I, can I love think of. what they're surrounding with. Okay, I I, I don't like that. I love the Steve Nash hire. I don't I do like too. that Mike D'Antoni is being involved. I don't like that. I think Mike D'Antoni is That's like, going to be an ego he's kind problem. Of a, no, Mike Big D'Antoni, ego problem. Like, if you have Mike D'Antoni on your team, it's like, aren't you guaranteed to not win a championship? Isn't he like kind of like <laughs> a kryptonite to winning a championship? So it's like, I love Karis LeVert on that team too. I, I really do too. don't like, I don't like them in these hypothetical trades getting rid of him. I think he's very valuable. But with Kyrie Irving is where I guess it comes to if this team were going to take him seriously as a title contender. I don't think he has anything left. I think he's had too many knee injuries and then let alone talk about how weird he is as a person. I, I really question how much he has left just with what's what he's been through and being a point guard who relies on it. He has the filthiest handles in the league, but a lot of that is on the side to side. So I just don't know what he has left in the tank. Sorry, Josh, to jump in. I just wanted to get in on that. Fine. Also, uh, I have Spencer Dinwiddie as a six-man of the year uh, candidate as well. I That's think a good call. Is, yeah, uh, especially he's playing for a contract next year as well on top of that. On a good that. team. He's going to fucking 
He's going to be good backing up Kyrie Irving. I think he might be better than Kyrie as far as a locker room presence and as far as what he does to your overall team. Obviously, Kyrie's an X-factor. He's a superstar, et cetera, et cetera. He's better. I'm not saying Spencer Dinwiddie's a better basketball player, but I'm just saying for this team, I do like Spencer Dinwiddie and, and the role he plays. You don't think Spencer Dinwiddie will start too many games because of the impending injuries Kyrie Irving is going to have? <laughs> That's the other thing, too. But there is just really good value on him as a Didn't six Didn't Kyrie man. Irving if- have a rusted screw in his knee? <laughs> was that him? Like, Yeah. Like, yeah I'm not trying to even yeah. be a dick about it. Like, That's fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah. But... How, why would KD choose to play with him over Steph Curry? Like he's, I have there's no something idea. wrong in KD's yeah. brain. I like I don't understand. But Kyle, what, I, what what is your what's what's this Nets team? What's that ceiling to you? What do you think? So, so ceiling is what you said. They can make it to the finals, and I think you know there is a lot of question around Kevin Durant and his health. But I think you're right, Brian. That as much as I hate Kevin Durant, I mean he's one of the best scorers of all time. He's still going to be able to score when he comes back. Mm-hmm. My big question mark is Kyrie, yeah. and I think it's I think it's been evident that every locker room Kyrie Irving has ever been in, he's just been a toxic person, and he's created unnecessary drama every single time. And how long is it going to take before Kyrie Irving starts jabbing at Kevin Durant to the news media when so Kevin Durant takes the last shot and he misses it? I just I don't like the dynamic of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant playing together because they're both just like very much out there as far as their mental approach to the game. I mean, it doesn't even seem like Kyrie Irving wants, like, likes playing basketball anymore. He keeps saying, like, all we want to do is ball, all we want to do is ball. But it's like, no, all you want to do is have this, like, huge theatrics on the side and make it seem like, yeah. oh, my God, my life is so terrible, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I think the but, Kevin Durant-Kyrie Irving mixture is not good. But, again, at the same time, if they well, figure I think it's, it out. it's really good from a bystander's standpoint yes. because well, I'm, I'm fucking so excited. I cannot be, wait. It'll be fun to watch. But, tweets. like, think, Kyle, you're yeah. 100% right because yeah, those two no, together – Okay, if Kevin Durant was as pissed off as he was playing on a team with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson – the perfect basketball situation, but for like the, the, for te- more the two most guys the in the league who would perfect. never say anything to the media, and, and it's like now you're tied. He's tied to Kyrie Irving. He joined with him. They are the two best friends that joined. He made it this. Like there's all these rumors about how the Nets want James Harden. If Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were weren't so close, you know what the Nets could do? Bye bye Kyrie. We'll take James Harden, and that's how they could well, do the trade, and that's what they should do. It's it's funny because they're going to have to throw in DeAndre Jordan probably into that trade, which was part of the reason they picked Brooklyn. Is which is another psychotic thing. They have fucking Jared Allen. Why do you need to sign DeAndre Jordan? I have no idea. That was a weird dynamic, but also the Nets have one of my favorite players in the NBA, too. They got in Landry Shamit, who I fucking love him. Oh, you know, that was I'm good. Really pissed that was a good pickup for sure. Yeah. It, it really is. Um, I, I really like that as a bench addition. Just to, He's a guy that can play. He's going to be in their eight-man rotation, not, maybe nine. But they And they obviously got Joe Harris back, Jared Allen still there, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. They're surprisingly deep is the thing, too. Mm-hmm. So if everything holds true, if Durant is perfect, I mean, maybe not even perfect, if Kyrie is good enough, basically, I think they could actually be the two seed, two or one seed even. Because their their team is good, and I think Steve Nash is going to probably be coach of the year, probably too, if this team places top three easily mm-hmm. as a rookie head coach. All right, who do you have at four? Five, 
we we just did four. Yeah. Oh, my bad. My yeah. bad. My bad. Uh, five. I have the Heat. Ooh. Um, I know this is a little low considering they um are this fucking good. They just you know, kind of got fucking rocked by the Lakers, but they're they're phenomenal. This team is so fucking good, and the the best part about it is how fucking young they are, too. I mean, Tyler Hero, uh, I can't think of Jesus Kendrick Nunn and uh, Pam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson. All guy, I think Duncan might be 26 potentially, but all the other guys are under 25, and they're all fucking phenomenal, amazing players already. And that's not even without even saying Jimmy Butler, who's the alpha dog of alpha dogs. He's my favorite player in the NBA that's not on the Warriors. I, I love Jimmy Butler. Kyle. Their defense incredible. Sure. Yeah, sorry, just to finish up, I this team is so good. They probably should be higher, but I kind of I just like the other teams just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think. So, Kyle, I saw you raise your hand. You have the Heat at one. I was saying I had him at two. I have that because of KD's star power. Why, Kyle? Because I think I agree with everything you're going to say. Take it away. So, we're throwing a lot of big ifs right now in these scenarios. So, fuck it. I'm going to throw another big if here. Uh, Josh, you just said how they have three players under 25 and then one that's at 26. In theory here, we have four key players to this lineup who could potentially make a significant leap this next year. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but what I'm saying is they have the most potential. So they didn't do a, a ton in the offseason, which obviously they didn't need to do a ton because they made the finals last year. They, they had an incredible run to the finals. But if one or two of those players have a significant leap, they are going to be an insane team. If Duncan Robinson can score more consistently, he's, al- he's already a great three-point shooter. Uh, but if he can score more consistently, because yeah. we saw some inconsistencies in the playoffs there, you know, if Tyler Harrow can understand when to shoot the ball and when not to shoot the ball, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, he could, he could be an all-star. He can, and, and they can get him in the pick and roll, too. And yeah. Bam, Bam Adebayo has a chance to be one of the top two, top three centers in the league if he makes this leap. So I think, I think he already is. I have him at two right now. Yeah, I think he's then he has, for me. He's got a chance to be, you know, maybe not quite to Anthony Davis's level, but, you know, right underneath there. Just with just with his ability to to not only play offense oh, but play defense yeah. both sides of the ball, um, and honestly, I have I have big expectations for uh, Duncan Robinson next year. I really think he comes out and they play him in a position. You know, you know the position I want to see him play more like is and uh, which he's doing right now somewhat is Clay Thompson role, mm-hmm. not dribbling the yeah. ball. Start making plays designed for him to get open. Yeah, they should run Hero a- and Robinson off screens like Curry and Clay off ball. Because you have Jimmy Butler who can distribute like a Godala, Bam Adebayo who can distribute like a Draymond slash Andrew Bogut. They could really run a good type of offense like that. Um, yeah, and Josh. And, well, or, I'll tell you what, Kyle. You can get really fucking good MVP odds on Duncan Robinson right now. Not getting like, <laughs> MVP. No. But 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 my point being, the reason I have it number one is because is because they have a potential here to make a massive leap. Because imagine if someone even like Kendrick Nunn makes a big leap. Like that's massive for them. I really, I really don't like Kendrick. Dunn I don't, I don't either. But obviously, he's shown that he can score off the bench. And yeah, he's. You want to talk I about agree. a terrible, a terrible shot decision maker? Yeah. He he makes some terrible decisions on the court. But if he makes I mean, a leap, like this team is going to be significantly better. I think the Heat third culture, in rookie of the year voting. Also, for the record, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, I mean, he's still, they're so still good. It doesn't really even good. matter what Kendrick yeah, Nunn does, too. They have like that's, that's the, the but I think I think the Heat. Sorry, really, Kyle. 
heat culture is a real thing, and I think that these players are going to make a significant leap. And obviously, Spolstra is just one of the most underrated coaches in the league. I mean, it's now showing when he made the finals, but he's also a great coach. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Eric Spolstra is probably the best coach in the league, and I think Pat Riley is the best GM in the league, or who I would want to play for. Yeah. Like, just that, that he definitely agree with that. So I do think losing Jay Crowder, I, I mean, we're talking about Jay Crowder here. I mean, it's not like a huge thing, but it is, it is like a substantial role player that can play defense. That's mm-hmm. the big thing is hero and Robinson and none suck at defense and they need yeah, to get much true. better, but they did lose Crowder. But the one thing they needed to do this off season, they needed to keep Drogic and they did. They did keep Drogic yeah. and that's perfect. I think. The the uh the other thing too is maybe Butler maybe regresses just a little bit, but I I I'm just saying he's that, that's the, all I'm that's the I would only say go up. I don't even know if it matters per se, but because the team is that hey, good around. He's them. um oh shit, who was Jimmy Butler on a date with? Who oh oh um um. Selena Gomez, right? Yeah, yes. Selena yeah, Gomez. It. Damn, yeah. Jimmy Butler. Buckets on and off the court. Miami, uh, just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> in who we got at? Everyone. Josh, are we at six right now? Yeah. Who do you got? Yeah, I have I have the Raptors. I, and I fucking... I, I respect I'm shocked. that. I don't, I don't think that's too... I have them at five, so I respect I, the six. I, But the thing is, the Raptors are historically a good regular season team, is the thing. That's why they've been so good. Nick Nurse... You just talked about Spolstra as being one of the best coach. I have Nick Nurse probably in the top three. He's fucking yeah. phenomenal. Um, the the big reason why I have him low, and this is going to be more of a negative for the Raptors. I love the Raptors still. I think OG Ananobi and uh, uh, some of their younger guys besides Pascal. I think the playoff Pascal was kind of an anomaly. But you still you re-signed Fred Van Fleet. Pascal uh, Siakam is a top 20 player in the NBA. When absolutely. Like, I think not right now maybe, but he'll. I love him going forward he's, he's as an asset. He's phenomenal. And he's a great Lee. defender and yeah, 100%. And uh but the reason why I think I have them lower than they were cuz I think they were the 2 seed last year. They lost both their big men. They lost Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saul who played major fucking minutes for them. Granted they have a good stopgap with uh 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 Aaron Baines, who actually surprised me. Yeah, I was going to say really two words, Aaron motherfucking, yeah. or three words, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Baines motherfucking is phenomenal. Baines. <laughs> he can do a lot of what they can do, but he Great can't Twitter replace account. both their guys' production is, the, is is what it comes down to. And I think the biggest thing, too, is them not playing a regular season in Toronto this year as well because they're going to be in Tampa. And I think that's going to be big for them because they have a great home court. Is so thing, nobody likes traveling. To are we under the assumption that there are just going to be no fans at any NBA game this season? As it stands, unless something changes with the vaccine, like substantially, I think. But I, I think they'll try and get people in at least by playoff time. Is my guess. Do we Just think it'll be like the NFL, think. where different like cities say yes or no? Yes, for sure. Okay. It'll all be up yeah. to local regulations, whatever it is. But I think they're just losing so much money. I didn't realize until recently how much tickets actually are part of the revenue for these basketball games. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of money. It's a huge yeah. portion. So. At least for playoffs, for sure, and it'll probably be a situation where it's you have to have a either a negative COVID test to get in or a proof proof that you had the vaccination. Mm, okay, that sucks, but that's what we're living with. Um, yeah, the Raptors. I uh, I'll just go a little more on them. Um, I have I had him at five, so I don't really disagree too much with what you're saying. I do think, as much as I like the Aaron Baines replacement, I think it's kind of tough. And the one thing I'm going to say that I hate to say because I really like Kyle Lowry, 
and I know they just re-signed Fred Van Fleet as that like kind of insurance. I do think that Kyle Lowry is getting a little older. He's 34. Yeah. And Coming that's on something that we're going to start to see. And so it's going to, what that means is I think Kyle Lowry is going to be someone who ages well. Like he'll be still be able to shoot. He's doesn't need to be super fast. That's never been Kyle no. Lowry's thing, but it's going to require a leap from Siakam and not that he hasn't taken the leap. It's just a leap of more consistency and maybe some more like polish to his offensive game. And Lowry pr- plays a physical game too. Like he's a very physical player. So at 34, you can only take so many hits. And you can only hit the ground so many times before you start True. depleting yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I totally agree with you. And then it's just like, when does he slide off defensively too? Because it's not like Fred Van Fleet is an ace defensive player. So you wonder where that starts to hurt them. Yeah. But again, their rotation, their culture is just so good. I just don't mm-hmm. think I can have them anywhere lower than six. No, I and agree. If honestly, yeah. and again, they're a great regular season team. I could see them easily you know, beating the Bucks or not the Bucks. Uh, I mean, the Nets as far as standings, final standings goes. Mm-hmm. So I, okay. I really love the Raptors, but for mm-hmm. all those reasons, Terrence Davis, the other guy I really like too. All right. Who we got? It's who, who you have seven, Josh. This was a toss up. This was probably the hardest seven and eight. So I'm just going to go both of them right now. We can go one at a time, but uh, I have the wizards here at seven. Uh, it's between them and the Pacers, I think, at 7-8. and eight. The reason why I had such a hard time, because the Pacers are just always just such a good regular season team. They're, they're just, they did change their head coach, but I really, really still like the Pacers' regular season. We'll just get right into the Wizards. Um, they got Russell Westbrook, and it's pretty easy. You know, logic, math, whatever you want to say. You don't get anything from John Wall. You're putting in Russell Westbrook right in immediately. It's going to be an immediate p- impact. Davis Bertans, great shooter off the catch. And then you have some great young guys with Rui Hachimura and uh, one of the steals of the draft in, um, uh, what's the Israeli kid's name? I, I can't think of it at the top of my head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look this up. But they, they got him at, uh, what was it, nine? Um, oh, it's killing me. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, talk for a second. Yeah, no, and I I agree with you too. We already talked about it a little bit, but just Russell Westbrook does elevate their game a little bit. Who's the coach for the Wizards? Uh, Scott Brooks still. That's that's, oh, Scott (laughs) Brooks still the coach? I believe so. Okay, that's not not terrible. He did have those winning seasons there when John Wall and Bradley Beal are both there, but um, yeah, again, seven seed is good for them. It's at least training them in the right direction. At least you make Bradley Beal a little bit happier that he's now competing in playoff games again. Um, but a very, very low ceiling. Yeah. Troy, Troy Brown could be a lot of what this – and the development of him and Rui Achimura, that's what and, they have to bank on if they're going to get anything above seven. Because I have them at seven too, but they're like – there's a giant drop. From I 100% agree. I don't think that they're they're really uh, – Denny Avia, thank you. God. Oh, I Denny, yeah. I was trying to find they really People everywhere. really like him, right? He's really fucking good. One of, the, one of the best players of the draft a lot of people had him as. And between him and Hachimura – they're both probably due for another leap. Playing with Russell Westbrook, I think you're you're gonna play better. And yeah, well, I think this maybe is, shooting wise, you're not gonna have that much. time. Yeah, that's that's yeah exactly. So I think yeah, surprisingly, this this Wizards team probably immediately competes for the seven eight spot for mm-hmm. uh, the Eastern Conference. And um, sorry, yeah. Any closing thoughts on the Wizards? No. Move right on to the Pacers then, who I had at. I was tr- I had them. I flip flopped them a couple times, and I just think the Pacers are. The Pacers, honestly, they're 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 gonna fuck me here because I know they're gonna do better than eight. I'm I'm almost positive because they're always just right there. I don't know why the fuck they are, but they're always there. 
Um, you got fucking Miles Turner is a big question mark. Did he they get rid of Nate flipped. McMillan? Yes. Uh, they signed a Raptors uh, oh. assistant coach that I can't remember the name of. I'll Probably look it up right now. Yeah, I, I would say so because, again, apparently he was like Nick Nurse's like go-to guy. He was like his favorite dude on that staff is from a lot of the reports. But uh, they had an all-star season from um, uh, DeMontis Sabonis. He's phenomenal. And then He's the Holiday Brothers. He is. Yeah, Nate. Nate. Jo- Jesus Christ. Jorgen. Jorgen. Bjork. Bjorken is, is the, the head coach for the Pacers, by the way. But... Yeah, I, I I really like this Pacers team. They're they're going to be a good defensive team probably once again. I I just have them probably, uh, yeah, just not as good as the rest of the teams. No, yeah, I I like the when you're looking at this bottom seed in the East. I think the the Pacers are really the safe bet because I'm not um really banking that much on what the Hawks have done and teams like the Hornets. So I really do think. That the Pacers are the the safe bet there at eight, and I mean M- Malcolm Brogdon, Victor Oladipo, Demontis Sabonis, Miles Turner. I think they're a team who is maybe ready for a trade. Something might happen. But... Turner and Oladipo seem to be change yeah. scenery guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Kyle? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. Depending on how this team does, I don't know if we'll see Oladipo on this team. I think he might be a trade deadline target for some teams. Yeah, yeah. it would be cool to see them unload assets, honestly, because they got some prizes. Right is there. Victor Oladipo going to move into the point of his career where he be, essentially is going to become like a six-man type guy? Or do you think he has a higher role <laughs> It kind of sucks, though, because he was so much fun to watch right before so, that injury. So he was nice. on an absolute tear right before that all happened, and then he tore his his thigh. But, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I think, I think I agree with you, Josh. Just 7-8 seed here. I think there's a lot more talent in the East now, too, that pushes them down. They didn't really do a whole lot in yeah. the offseason to really boost them up the standings. Especially, you they know... fumbled we, the Gordon Hayward deal, too. We, well, it was probably the Celtics' fault. But We have the same conversation every offseason about offseason about Miles Turner, and it, nothing ever happens <laughs> with it. So I'm pretty much just over him, and he is what he is at this point. So I don't expect any sort of change from him. Celtics uh, didn't want him. I mean, that's, yeah. that's another... It's a they probably thing. washed him at whatever the World Cup or not... Like, the World Cup of Basketball when he was on the USA team. Yeah. He was mis- – I hated watching him play. So, I'm at, Terrible. I wouldn't want him on my team rooting for him. I think no. Sabonis is way you'd rather build around. Yeah. Not even build around, just have. But, yeah. Um, gentlemen, because we do have some – we're at about – we're almost at around, like, 50 minutes or so. Uh, we I'll do, speed round. Speed, so we'll we'll speed, speed round because we do – we have some Mandalorian talk coming. Josh, why don't you wrap up – this uh this entree of an right. nba eastern conference so the the nine and ten seeds obviously i think they're still able to be talked about here because of the new playing rules so they're still in contention and that's why i like the hawks magic here at well flipped nine at magic 10 hawks i think the hawks made enough additions magic are always in there for whatever reason the faithful um, magic are always at the bottom but somehow squeak in with a losing record They'll win, so, like, the first game randomly, too, weird, every now and then. My, the weirdest topic, though, I wanted to say, though, was with the new playing rules and the fact with the new updated lottery odds, you don't have teams tanking as much as they used to be. But what's weird is this is the draft of tanking. Cade Cunningham is a fucking beast. 
I would love to have him as a struggling organization. And I don't know why more teams aren't really going for the bottom of the barrel. But and it's because of the play in and because of the updated lottery odds. But I mean, I I don't know why you're competing this hard, paying up to the salary cap like the Hawks are to compete for probably the nine and ten seed to play in for a playoff spot. I guess what you got to do if you have Trey Young, who you think is transcendent, but he's so not transcendent. I'm no. the biggest anti Trey Young fan of like all time. For winning he's the basketball, worst defender in basketball. I'm on I don't train. see Trey Young being Thank a winning you, basketball player <laughs> as far as that goes, ever. Honestly. Ever, I don't know about ever, but like as far as with this team, I don't see him being the lead dog yet. Is if you are one of those accounts on Twitter that compare him to Steph Curry, your account should be suspended. Yeah, (laughs) he's in the Bradley Beal uh, 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 book. Don't don't even associate a man with him like those two. Bradley Booker or Bradley Booker, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker are a hundred times better than Trey Young. I'm saying the guys that are were the prove it stars on shitty mediocre teams is what I'm saying. Is more so is in that in that role, not not saying it's generous to call Trey a star. He was an all star. Yeah, that was tough. <laughs> that was tough. I'm anti Trey Young. This is tough. Uh, and then lastly, just to finish my spiel, Killian Hayes, I have rookie of the year. They're gonna hand him the keys to the offense, probably in Detroit. He's gonna get so much fucking usage, and I think he's really fucking good. He is the best value I think of any rookie besides the top three guys. All right. I like that, Josh. Um, I will wrap it up with uh, this. Um, I'll just give you guys the odds. Um, right now, Bucks or to win the Eastern Conference, you got Bucks, Bucks plus 230, Nets plus 275, Celtics plus 550. Kyle and I will definitely be jumping on Heat plus 650, oh, yeah. Raptors plus 800, and then 76ers plus 900. That's some food for thought for the listeners and for you too. Because we are going to be, we're going to be doing some sort of official prediction for the season where we put down our stuff. Josh, um, if you have a whatever an inside source on wherever you think James Harden is going to land, I would bet that right now because that deal could happen within the next week or two. And those, I mean, if you think it's Philly, skyrocket. No one wants yeah, him now. His value is depleting <laughs> every single day. He's at a strip club. It's intentional. <laughs> it's intentional. But yeah, he's between get a new Philly, type of COVID. Philly, Boston, and Brooklyn are the lead contenders for a James Harden deal. So oh, and obviously Boston, those odds are Boston. That would be such a shoot yourself in the foot move if they I traded agree, one of those two wings for James. They, Harden. they would have to give up Brown probably, and it. That, I, no I wouldn't want to give up Simmons either. That. If I'm Philly, I like Simmons that much. So the only move I would do is Brooklyn. If I, like immediately, no questions. Maybe this is for the Western Conference, but I just don't understand why people think the Simmons for Harden deal would work out for the Rockets because then they'd have Simmons and John Wall, but we can save that for Western yeah. Conference stuff. And that that oh, would I, be a nightmare. That's a good tease, Kyle. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'll talk about it then, but I, I don't think John Wall is a, any part of their plans is my guess. All right, well, we'll find that out. We'll be back next Tuesday to talk a little uh, NBA Western Conference preview. It'll be me, Kyle, and Josh, or maybe – some others who knows gentlemen always a pleasure having you uh stay tuned though everyone kyle and josh will be joining me for we're gonna be talking some mandalorian season two we're gonna see how this season's gonna end spoilers if you haven't seen it thank you so much for listening kyle josh thank you as always cheers we'll be right back
welcome back onto the Pineapple Couch. This is episode 65, and we're going to be diving in to Mando, the Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Um, season 2 has been going on right now. There's two more episodes left that debuts every, like, Thursday night at midnight on the West Coast. That's when I usually watch it if I'm awake. Um, and so we're going to kind of, what we're going to do today, oh, I should introduce who we have here. I got my guy Kyle. Kyle, how you doing, my friend? Doing well. Good to be back. Good to have you, Josh. How you doing? Hey, pretty good. Good to see you. Dustin Jedi, the man behind the intro music. God bless you. How are you doing, my friend? I'm phenomenal. It is phenomenal to see your beautiful face. Um, Dustin, we're talking Mando. It's going to be good. Good times. This show, I know, is on your mind. We text about it a good amount. So what we're going to do is, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Mando and you want to watch it and not get spoiled right now, just stop. You got a nice NBA Eastern Conference preview before this, so enjoy that. We'll be back on Thursday with some NFL, but if you don't want to get Mando spoiled, here is your spoiler warning, because there's two episodes left, and we're going to talk about everything that's happened before. So, gentlemen, what I really want to do with this pod is we'll just do a quick, brief breakdown of what's happened, what happened last episode in particular, because I want to talk to you guys about that, because I thought that one was fucking crazy, and then we'll kind of go into our predictions And then I have a list of questions from some of our listeners, followers on Instagram, and some I threw in there. Does that sound good, gentlemen? That's fantastic. Sounds great. All right. So here we are. Mandalorian. It takes place after Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, right after the second Death Star blew up. So it is in taking place in like the right after the fall of the Empire. And the main character is a foundling, a Mandalorian named Din Djarin. And so we follow him throughout season one. He is a bounty hunter, similar to Boba Fett and Jango Fett, but we'll get to that a little bit later. He's a bounty hunter, essentially, and he's looking to get money to improve his armor. It's called Beskar armor, is what the Mandalorians have. And so he gets a bounty from some suspicious Empire-associated guy, and it's he has to go capture this asset, the target. So he goes and look. He goes and he's searching for this target. Kind of runs into some other bounty hunters. Turns out this target is Baby Yoda. So it's like a little a little green motherfucker, and it's Baby Yoda. That's all we know about him right now. The and same so, species as yeah. Yoda, for the record. Which, but, which, what is which that is species unknown. called? Yeah. We, we, there Technically, we don't candidate. know. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll find out about that in this series. But so, yeah, Mando gets Baby Yoda, kind of grows attached to him, and then eventually, though... He pays. He gives him to the sketchy Empire dude, and he gets a bunch of money. So he has a sweet Beskar armor, and he looks really badass and all like shiny. And then basically, he feels bad about that, so he goes and gets Baby Yoda back. And all this shit happens, and you meet the enemy of the of the series, which is Moff Gideon, Gus from Breaking Bad. Is it what's his name? Juan Esposito. Jean Carlo. Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito. Should I call him Mike like I call Giancarlo Stanton? (laughs) I think this is a different situation. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So Mob Gideon is that character's name, and he's kind of he represents the big bad of season one, and they want to get Baby Yoda for his blood, aka in Star Wars world, his midichlorians, because he's very strong with the Force. So they want to get that blood. You think Moff Gideon's killed at the end of season one, but he cuts out of his tie fighter with the dark saber which dustin can you do a brief thing on what is the dark saber uh the dark saber is a lightsaber that 
was originally owned by the leader of the Mandalorians. Um, basically, the first Jedi Mandalorian, right? Yeah. First Jedi Mandalorian, yeah, the, essentially. Yeah. And basically, uh, Mandalore went through some Civil War shit. Then somehow Darth Maul got his hands on it. Then someone else ended up with it. And now Moff Gideon has it. And so we don't know how Moff Gideon has it, but the, the Darksaber is supposed to be in the possession of the ruler of Mandalore. So right now, Moff Gideon has it, and Mandalore is all fucked up, and that's going to be maybe what we explore in Season 3, because I don't think we have time for it in Season 2. But that's what the Darksaber is. And so he is the big bag of Season 1. We get to Season 2. Tons of rumors about who we are going to see. Obviously, over the course of this time, Din Djarin, Mando, and Baby Yoda are getting close. Season two comes around. Obviously, he's still on the run from Moff Gideon because he survives. And Mando then is going to meet a couple characters along the way. He meets Cobb Vanth in the first episode who has Boba Fett's armor. Him and Cobb Vanth in a great episode, they basically kill this giant underground like worm. Like in, that sponge, <laughs> like in the SpongeBob the episode. Dragon. You know that SpongeBob episode? Mm -hmm. That's what I was the thinking. The Alaskan bullworm? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I know all the fucking technical. Wow, right now. <laughs> top your head, Josh. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> was that episode on last night? Fucking <laughs> 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 probably in my mind. Okay, and so he gets Boba Fett's armor from Cobb Banth because he's like, "You're not Mandalorian. You don't deserve to have it." So for killing the Alaskan bull of Star Wars, the crate dragon, he gets the um the Boba Fett's armor. From this dude go forward basically him and baby yoda on adventures they run into bo katan who bo katan is from the clone wars series she is a mandalorian um and mando you kind of realize in that exchange that mando's his id like he never takes off his helmet it's his big thing right guys but bo katan kind of comes in and says that's not really how it is in mandalore so we haven't gotten much of that like tease that's all it is so i'll leave it at yeah. that but we'll go to the next episode. Plus, she's she's actually Mandalorian, too. Yeah. While, uh, and so it's like uh, a weird... And it's just a foundling. Yeah, it's a weird section. disconnect in, like, sections of Mandalorians, I guess. Um, yeah. And then so we go to the next episode where we meet Ahsoka Tana, who is a Jedi and is Anakin's uh, Padawan from the Clone Wars. Uh, and she's really badass. Um, she is not no longer a Jedi because she got wrongfully accused of something and left the Jedi Order. Um, and so she, she's kind of rogue. She's one of the only known Force users really in the galaxy at this point. And so Mando meets her because he's trying to find a Jedi to bring Baby Yoda to. We find out from Ahsoka Tana that Baby Yoda, Yoda is Grogu. That's his name. Grogu. And she, he needs to take him to this planet where he can find a connection to the Force to talk to Jedi. That is my spiel on what has happened in Mandalor the Mandalorian. Well so done. Well done. That was phenomenal. That was great recap. I, I okay. had no idea what was happening. Super now I know exactly what's yeah. happening. Thank you, Dustin. You son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's get into the most recent episode because I think that was fantastic. And I'm going to kick it here to Kyle. And I just want to get your thoughts on the last episode. And not a full summary, just kind of take us through. And Josh will jump in, I'll jump in, Dustin will jump in. And let's go through the tragedy, which was the most recent episode. Well, I think 
first of all, I was severely disappointed that the episode was 30 minutes long while all the other ones are yeah. over 40 minutes long. I was confused as to why they're making this one shorter. And honestly, it, it seemed like it could have gone... It did. Yeah. I was just going to say, it felt like it could have been a yeah. little bit longer. Like, it didn't need to be... The end felt very rushed. Um, it was so good, too. I was like, I wanted more. It was, it was. It was fantastic. I totally agree. Yeah, and then just on the side note as well, apparently the next episode, or the, maybe it's the last episode, are supposed to be like over an hour long. One oh, of the one gosh. of the last two are supposed to be like an hour long, which is hopefully will make up for it. Wow. But um, I definitely, amazing. yeah, it was it was a great episode. Um, you know, I'm I'm bad with names, so I'm sorry if I butcher any names. But I have a feeling that you know when when Grogu went back to the um, Empire ship that you know he was using his powers and i feel like in the next either seven or eight he is going to do something like similar in season one where he saved um mando's ass by i forget what they were fighting it was some sort of bull that they were yeah, fighting yeah. rhinoceros um Not I was Alaskan, that, yeah, it wasn't the last <laughs> Sorry. God, um but no, i have a feeling that something like that's going to happen where he uses his he's well, figuring out his his force powers right now, and he's going to use it at some point to save his ass. Okay, wait, really quickly, Josh, I want to set the scene because I think that is definitely a theory I want to explore, Kyle. Basically, what happened in the last episode is so Mando is taking Baby Yoda to this Jedi place that's all like specially connected to the force. He needs to sit on this rock and meditate. And Python. Some- yeah. Python, and he's going to reach out yeah. to some Jedi, right? Which is also like old uh, legends uh, yeah. lore, too, yeah. from older public stuff. Mm-hmm. That was and the so- original Jedi temple. Yes, and so he gets there, and all of a sudden, like he's trying to get Baby Yoda up to Grogu to meditate on the seeing stone, whatever. And then you see the Slave One come in, which is Boba Fett's ship, and you're like, oh shit, it's freaking Boba Fett. And so Boba Fett shows up, and him and Mando meet for the first time, and it's basically like Boba Fett wants his armor. And he has um, a bounty hunter with him, that Mando is familiar of, thought she was dead, she's alive, Boba Fett saved her, yada, yada, yada. So now, what happens in this episode is, eventually, Mando and Boba Fett have to work together because of the threat of the Empire, because they follow them, Moff Gideon, because of the tracker on Mando's ship. And basically, what ends up happening is, Boba. you get to see one of the most badass Star Wars sequences, I think, ever, Dustin, of Boba Fett, like, just beating the shit out of the people with the... Uh, the oh, sand yeah. people, the Tuscan yeah, Raider they thing. Use that to John clean Wick. The Bantha's teeth. They use that thing to clean the Bantha's teeth, and Boba Fett like just murders stormtroopers with it. Is that the most graphic thing we've ever seen in Star Wars? Like not yeah, graphic, but just violent, right? Yeah, it's up. Yeah, yeah, it's up there for sure. I, yeah, I thought. It and was also, awesome. the Bo-Katan uh, when she fucking slices some. Dude, maybe it wasn't her, but one of her Mandalorian people like oh, yeah. fucking slice some other stormtrooper up. That was yeah. fucking intense too. Yeah, yeah Disney's but, finally yeah. going a little dark. Here. I like yeah. it. They about <laughs> damn time with Star Wars. You got to explore that. Um, so what happens is they fight off the stormtroopers for long enough, but then Moff Gideon sends down some Iron Man dark trooper, super trooper shit, and they steal Grogu, take him up to the ship, and now. The episode basically ends with Mando kind of gathering some people. Cara Dune. Oh, did you mention his his Razor Crest? The, the Razor Crest gets blown, blown up. Razor so, Crest yeah. gets blown Boba up. Fett, Boba Fett, now with the armor, is like, I'm going to work with you because you gave me the armor. Code. And so now they're on yeah. the hunt to get Shout out to Boba Fett. back from Moff Gideon. All right. So now we're completely caught up, guys. Um, 
I have a question before we go into our theories. Because, um... Will we see Bo-Katan again this season? That's just... I just... I, I think that is saved till next season. Don't you guys think? Bo-Katan I was agree. one of the Mandalorians he saw earlier in the season for everyone out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think we see her again. I don't think she comes... Well... Yeah, she might come back at the very end or something, but I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, her and Mando obviously have similar enemies without even really knowing it. But, like, yeah. knowing it, I don't know, because she says... Oh. so. She it, wants a Darksaber, though. Yeah, she wants a Darksaber, yeah. and he wants Grogu, which Mott Gideon has both. So it's like, I don't know, though. I don't know if she'll come back in. I feel like either her or one of them will come back in, either if it's her or Ahsoka, not both. I think one of them will. Okay. I just don't know which one. What I, what I realize, guys, what I'm doing, Kyle, jumping really quickly, is that I'm just, like, giving you guys all, like, sides. We need to just dump it, jump into the full entree with our theories. I want a theory for how this season's going to end. We have laid the foundation, and I want to get the first – who wants to go first with their theory of how they think this season will go? Josh, you want to go? You want to take yeah. that? Yeah. Well, okay. so at the very end, the uh, the last scene of uh, uh, what what it was the last episode called the the tragedy, tragedy. right? Um, you we see Baby Yoda kind of hold off stormtroopers, but he was actually using the dark side, is what it looks like, because he was somewhat force choking. It looked like he was doing some like major control, and that's why he also Moff Gideon seemed to. Yeah, true, true. Well, but but I'm saying is he's tapping into the dark side, and mm -hmm. that was one of the things that Ahsoka was worried about was with he was tapping into the fear. So I guess the plan is for I, I'm guessing Gideon. Not only is it to use his DNA or whatever to clone him and make Snoke, uh, whatever else from what we've seen in the other um, scenes prior in the uh, what that one episode was called when they went back to. Uh, what was the original planet? I can't even think of it. It wasn't Tatooine, though, right? Um, what was the like desert the planet that has desert lava planet? Carl Weathers, one. yeah, yeah, that oh, planet. Yeah. Uh, planet. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Navarro, yeah, we see <laughs> is that it? Navarro? Yeah, Navarro, that sounds Navarro. right, actually. Yeah, um, we see Snoke in some like um, uh, some fucking chamber liquid or whatever is what it looks like, so obviously that's the plan, but I'm get I'm wondering if. You know, Gideon is now seeing this as like a the next apprentice or something like that for some kind of dark side or something along the lines for like Emperor Palpatine. I don't know if he's probably clued into the Palpatine survive plot or whatever else to the First Order uh, coming into the next regime. It's my guess, but that's the plan. But my theory is, again, is that some Jedi is going to turn up is, is what obviously seems to be what's coming into play. And that seems to be either Ezra Bridgers or Mace Windu, is my guess. And I, I'm kind of leaning. I'm kind of leaning Mace Windu. I think that'd be really fun, honestly. I, I don't. I don't wow. know too much about Ezra because I don't really like. I, I didn't really watch Rebels at all. But um, I'm guessing it's going to be Mace Windu to come save the day. I think that's that'd a long fire. shot. I think that's it's a dark horse theory. Pretty but be I'm cool gonna say that. he. I've he died. survived. You're not the only one to have that theory. I've heard yeah. people say that too. Okay. I think he survives Nightfall, and maybe was the reason why Grogu even survived. Uh, yeah, the who night saved night. Grogu is a whole well, other question. Yeah. Well, I have that saved I think for that's later. Why we'll get to that later. I think that's where he ties in nicely. Is my okay. guess is he comes in, and then it's kind of full circle in that that respect. 
All right, let me jump in. This is my theory of what I think is going to happen to end the season. So what I think is going to happen in this next episode is similar to the end of the last episode. Is Mando's obviously assembling a squad to go get Baby Yoda. He's going to go rescue Bill Burr. But he's not going to stop with Cara Dune. He's going to get Bo-Katan. And he's going to get those other two that were with her. And they are going to go after Moff Gideon. And that will be the finale. Like, that is going to happen. And well, was going to... didn't he say he was going to get Mayfeld? Yeah, that's Bill Burr. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to go get Bill Burr. And then he... But Bo-Katan and them are going to meet up, right? And also Ahsoka is going to come in. And there's going to be that group fighting Moff Gideon in the Empire Forces to get baby Yoda. And then what is going to happen is they are going to get baby Yoda, but Moff Gideon is going to escape with the dark saber still setting up for a, a rematch in season three for Mandalore with Bo-Katan. But what is going to happen is they're going to get a little information out of Moff Gideon, Ahsoka specifically, and what his ties to Thrawn are from the earlier episodes. Cause I do believe that those two are working towards or are, in cahoots somewhat. So they are going to rescue baby Yoda. And Ahsoka is going to get that information. And Moff Gideon is going to escape. But what it is going to do is it is going to reveal some sort of information about Thrawn. Which would also reveal information about Ezra Bridger. Because those two are probably in the same place right now if you saw the finale of Rebels. And what is going to happen... The final season of this Caesar series is going to be the final, is going to be a shot-for-shot remake of the end of Rebels, where Ahsoka shows up with the white cloak to Bo, or not to Bo-Katan, to Dustin, the other Mandalorian, Sabine, the, Sabine, yeah, Wren. Sabine, Sabine Wren. Wren. She's gonna in that scene. We're gonna find out what that was. Was her coming after that? What just happened in the Mandalorian to say, hey. I know where Thrawn and Ezra are, and that is how it's going to launch the Ahsoka series. Boom. Dustin, what do you think? Uh, That's good. I like that a lot. I agree with that a lot. Um, I feel like Ezra's going to have more of like an important role with um, Grogu if he's going to be in it. He should. I mean, he... He has Mace. The only two Jedi that have like real dark sides that are expanded on in Star Wars is Mace Windu and him. Well, I guess Mace Windu isn't expanded, but everyone's always talked about him like having a dark side, but never like not being tempted. Blah blah. Well, Ezra Bridger was literally trained by Darth Maul. He merged minds with Darth Maul. He literally had a Sith holocron. Like he understands the dark side. He's more dark side than you would ever think. So it's mm-hmm. like if somebody's going to be able to flip Grogu from the dark side, are it we would worried be able to be Ezra? Are we worried about? I'll go. This is a quick, uh, on the spot answer for to all of you. Are we worried about Grogu actually going to the dark side, Kyle? I mean, I feel like just with the the plot line of Star Wars with all the previous movies. Now, I'm not a I'm not a TV show. I haven't watched the the clones TV show, but from all the movies. At some point in time, the protagonist does have the sort of flirting line with the dark side. So I think at some point in time, you're going to have the conflict for him of that happening. Of course, I don't think it's actually going to happen, but there's definitely going to be the conflict at some point in time, given the history of what they've put out before. Mm -hmm. And really quick, I think that's what's really cool about The Mandalorian is that 
Like, I, until recently, hadn't watched those animated shows. Dustin kind of was the one who got me into it. But, Kyle, for someone who's never really even seen them, you can appreciate The Mandalorian the same exact amount as someone who's done, if they've read every single comic book or everything. That's why I think the show is so successful. So I agree. Yeah, Josh, to you, um, are you worried about Grogu Darkseid? No. No, okay. uh, same reason as Kyle, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, not, yeah really. it's, just, it's not really because even if even if they did, it's like, well, then they would have to bring in like Ezra or Mace and yep. both of them would be able to figure that situation out. OK, I got a question for also Josh. think of the merchandising too. also just Disney would uh, an <laughs> evil baby Yoda. They would lose so much money. <laughs> good point. <laughs> a really good point. Josh, are we going to see Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian series? Yes, but not yet. That's my guess. I, I think absolutely Mark Hamill has a great relationship still with Disney. He's still hopping in and out. He's been in The Mandalorian already, Mark Hamill, as a, as the voice of a random alien or something or two. He'll be in it. I, I'm That's something I'm absolutely positive in. I just don't think it's season two. Okay. Um, Kyle, can you give us a little prediction of what you think is going to – how this season is going to wrap up? Because what I want to know – because Kyle – I think maybe knowledge is a curse in this situation for like Dustin, Josh, and I, where we've looked into it so much, and it's like you guys are looking into it way too much. Kyle, what's gonna happen? Be the sane voice in the room. Qu quick little tidbit though, I do love hearing the perspective of all of the knowledge because it's kind of opened my eyes a little bit more to the connections that I guess Lucas Films and Disney have been able to make and like bridge all these gaps between all the different series, which I think is really cool. But to continue. From a more very, very high-level perspective of watching this show, um, I do think that, you know, I, I, have a, I have a strange feeling that the last few episodes aren't going to be as action-packed as we might expect. I really feel like we're going to leave us with a big cliffhanger for the season three, where I think near the, like, I do believe you guys saying how um, Bo-Katan and um, some of them are going to team up together, but I have a feeling that's going to happen at the very end of the last episode, where they're all going to team up at the end there, decide to all go um, for Gideon and the seasons or the season's going to end there. And so that's sort of the cliffhanger in my mind in getting people to want to watch season three is watching the team up all of season three. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like Fire. that. Dusty. Do you have a prediction? Um, I don't know. I've been thinking about it so much. I have no idea. Like Boba. There's so much that could happen. Yeah. Like Boba just being like, I will work with you because I owe you was like <laughs> kind of hilarious, but kind of like, yeah. all right. He's been an asshole the entirety yeah, like, of the saga. But you're going to follow I, the, but now nah, you're going to follow the creed. Yeah. Okay. Not okay. Now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I got some questions and I think this will be a good way to go through it. Cause you guys are bringing up some of them and we'll just kind of go rapid fire through this. You got, okay. Boba Fett. We're just supposed to trust him. Yeah, is Boba Fett yeah, gonna fuck over? Is, is he? But okay, but you do fan service. <laughs> but do we but think do. he I might do. fuck over the Mandalorian? Does anyone think Boba Fett might? No. No. Wow. No, no I don't think so. No, I, think, I think I think in the wildest of scenarios, I think the Mandalorian might end up with Boba Fett's ship. Yeah, I agree. Something like yeah, that. They might. They might wind up finally killing off Boba Fett, maybe, and then he's the successor for Slave One. I don't know. That would that would be heavy. Okay, I got I got a, a I low. Think, sorry, real quick. Uh, I do think they're gonna kill off one fan favorite though. 
one yeah, of the one like, of these yeah, guys. Some, I feel like they need to yeah. kill someone. This they're, they're going to do it. They want to make some impact. That's a sign of a good TV game. show, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They play, um, they've been playing it safe all season. I think they're going to do something big and kill off one of the many people they brought back into this season. You guys want to take a walk on the wild side? Yes. There's this theory I've been seeing going around, and it's kind of like if you like take for. If you take in what's been going on this season, some of the clues, Mando's kind of in a tragic character route. What's going on right now? His ship gets exploded. He has all these ties to Yoda. He's finally experiencing this all the first time. Meanwhile, Pedro Pascal is fighting with the directors behind scene because his face is not getting shown enough. Is there any chance Mando dies at the end of the season? And that the this show, The Mandalorian, is probably actually about Baby Yoda, Grogu, The Mandalorian, because he adopts it like Mando did. Is there any chance that happens? I don't think that happens. Okay. I just saw that there. I just want to throw it out there. Kyle, you think any chance of that? I don't think so. I mean, the, the TV show is named after him. To kill off the main character <laughs> would be like <laughs> to kill off Anakin Skywalker in the very first movie and be like, okay, well... <laughs> I agree. I agree. I just felt the reason I brought it up (laughs) is because that theory, for whatever reason, is gaining a ton of traction. And I disagree with it just like you guys do. But I, it kind of, I am confused to why I keep seeing that. It's kind of like I see a weird line in the NFL. You're like, well, there's got to be a reason. (laughs) I kind of think, I think Mando's, I think he is going to like go back with Bo Katan because. He says, you know, Mandalorian, Mandalore, the planet is like screwed. Like we can't go there. And she's like, don't believe everything you hear. So it's like, I think, I think, yeah, I think they will meet up again and he's going to learn about what actually being a Mandalorian is like. And he's going to be like, oh, I was a weirdo. And (laughs) I think he might, I don't know if he's going to teach people that way. I just think he's going to learn. He's going to start taking off his helmet. That'd be sweet. Because why? It's, it's, is Pedro Pascal actually complaining about not getting enough FaceTime on camera? Yeah. yeah, that was a big thing. Does he know that he accepted a role where the main character never removes his helmet? <laughs> like it, that, That's like the, uh, the irony in the whole thing. It's like, dude, yeah. like you're in Star Wars. It's like the clone trooper, Darth freaking Vader. Imagine Darth Vader, the actor who played Darth Vader was like, hey, <laughs> well, okay, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> here's, another, like, here's another like theory, not theory, but just kind of like note is like, you don't ever see like Phasma take off her helmet either for like the resistance level. So it's like maybe they start adopting Mando's way for some weird reason. Oh, that could be interesting. Um, I have a, a question to the two of you. I'm just going to keep firing these off. Could Mando Din Djarin be force sensitive? I think he is. Do you think he could be, Kyle? I think so. I kind of feel like they're hinting at it a little bit. So, so okay, listen to this. So he has the sphere, right? Yeah. And they mentioned, for some weird reason, they mentioned that the crate Dragon's Pearl can create a lightsaber. Oh, shit. Because it can. So he would have, like, a Beskar lightsaber? That would be nuts, right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Star Wars be unstoppable. Camera. Just fucking insane. lose their mind. <laughs> uh, wow, that's fire. Because I, I, I do think with the way that him and Grogu were interacting with like the little ball, passing it, like I feel like there's some 
Yeah, I don't the know. Ball. Yeah, I don't know. He has the ball too. Still, like that's yeah. the one thing that survived was the ball. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. I. This is. Oh, okay. Let's get into this right now, actually, because I have I have a couple very inappropriate questions that show the maturity of our listeners. But before we get into those, um, who do we think saved Bo- Baby Yoda Grogu during Order sixty six? Because he was at the Jedi Temple around that time. How did he get out of there? How was he saved? He had to go into hiding. What do we think happened? I I'll take a guess too, but Kyle, do you want to take the lead or? I, go ahead, Dustin. You take the lead on this one. <laughs> I, I well, the only people who could like Luke doesn't know that Grogu was there, so it couldn't have been Luke. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he wasn't even he was being born. I, um, I, but Ahsoka knew. Obviously, she tells us. Mace knew, obviously, he was a master that would have probably helped train him. Um, there's, okay, well, this, the, the other Jedi that are alive, we only can really guess that there's like, what, I guess there's like eight or nine and seven of them we've never seen in anything ever. I got a fucking fire theory. So there's the librarian lady that we know is alive, who's supposed to like protect the library then there's like some random, I forget what species he is, who like apparently survives. He's like some pilot. Um, there's the video game kid who is in the video game that like he's still alive and I guess maybe could have. I don't think so though. I don't think he Cal was Kestis. around yet. Yeah, I don't think he was around yet. So it couldn't have been him. So I don't know. It wasn't Ezra, Ezra didn't know. See, I, I think what th- there's like, what with the him doing the force choke or whatever at the end of the last episode, I feel like that was a kind of a big hint into maybe he was not saved by a Jedi from order 66. Maybe think- he, I think Moff Gideon and him have been together before from the way uh, they were interacting. Didn't he like, he was kind of like, he knew how he fell asleep after he used like the force, you know how they had like, Am, am I crazy to think that I feel like Kyle, didn't you think there was a sense of fami- familiarity? I don't even, this is a, Nothing Maybe. to do with my knowledge of stars. Just I felt like when they were talking, there's that familiarity of some sort, right? Agree. Too much, too much comfort when Gideon walks into the room as if he knew exactly yeah, he what was kind of going on. And yeah, is he exactly. Force sensitive? True. Is Moff Gideon force sensitive? No. No. But I mean, he's got the black so, saber. No. no. He's so cocky. That's the reason. Like he's no, so be... comfortable. It's so no, weird. No, I don't think I don't think he is. I don't think Sab- he is either. Sabine Wren carries the light, the dark saber for a while too. So he gets it from she, her, right? They think they think she's force sensitive. Well, she gives it to Bo-Katan. and she loses it. And we don't know how she loses it. I think there's a chance Obi Wan might have something. Okay, so glad you brought up Obi Wan because they're doing a series of him, and he's so Bo-Katan's sister was the queen of Duchess of Mandalore before during the Clone Wars. Obi-Wan was in love with her. Yes, sir. And I'm wondering if they Obi-Wan had a random... was in love, Kyle. Think I'm about wondering that. if they had a <laughs> random child. Yeah, Brian's face. Are you saying Sabine? <laughs> Wait. No. I'm just saying someone somewhere. <laughs> I would maybe I don't know. They would be we're young. We're talking about a young Kenobi. There's a young Kenobi out there. I would lose hey, my mind if there's a young. Kenobi I'm just saying, bro. I just thought of that today, and I was like, "Hmm, that'd be kind of crazy." Who's your favorite Star Wars character. 
Um, you know, I was going to say Obi-Wan, but then I realized he's kind of the Phillips Rivers of the whole Star Wars universe in a bad way. Really? Just in a bad way. Nowhere. We're in a He's just, you know, he's cast. the wholesome guy constantly. It's birthday, Kyle. He's, the wholesome, he's <laughs> a wholesome guy constantly, but he's always the, like a, a tier two Jedi, never quite the tier one. Um, he's definitely, I put him in tier one. He took down Darth Vader, bro. That's a good point. Philip Rivers. Point. That was early on. That was like that was like rookie season, Darth Vader. You know. Yes, true, true, true. So, who would be your favorite? <laughs> uh, honestly, probably Anakin. Probably just because that's when I first got into Star Wars, and we were kind of the same age. Like growing up, I guess he did jump in age a lot from season <laughs> or from uh, movie one, movie two. But that's like I like grew up on, and then like the full transformation, seeing him to Darth Vader. That's all. He's always just been my favorite. Yeah, I have a big dog. He's not here tonight. That he would agree with you. That's his favorite as well. My favorite. It's tough. Like I really like Obi Wan, but when I watch the Star Wars movies, my favorite character is probably like Han Solo. Like I think he's the funniest. I just love him. And then Luke. I I think Luke. I like Luke a lot, but I would have him probably at three. I'd go like Han, Obi Wan, Luke, Dustin. What would you do? Wait, so I'm thinking of what I just said, too. All right, so if Obi-Wan and her did have a child, like, say, I don't know, 10 years before the Clone Wars started, could Din Djarin, could Din Djarin be their son? If, he, if Din Djarin is Force-sensitive, and the reason he's a foundling is because they were hiding him, and then that's how Death Watch found him. Din Djarin's like five hiding. years older than Baby Yoda. Or five years younger. Five to ten years younger than Baby Yoda. But, like, you know, the, they show the Baby scene Yoda's five years older than Anakin. But they... Oh, okay. Well, they they show the scene of him being saved by the by the Mandalorians. He's, like, ten, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like a ten-year-old. Yeah, he could be uh, eight or nine. So it's like if they had a child ten years before that, which is very possible. So you're telling me Grogu's, like, 40 years old and he's still a baby? Yeah. Yeah, dude, Yoda was like 800, 900 when he died. That's true. That's a good point. Like, well, his I prime is like, like 200 years Rogu, old to 500 years but old. But Rogu also, I think his <laughs> development is like back because I'm pretty sure like all these years he's con- like con- like not used the force to like get off the radar. Because mm-hmm. keep in mind, he's been hiding since he's been hiding the whole true. four, five, and six. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, before we get into the inappropriate questions to kind of wrap it up, who do we think will be the MVP of this season? You don't have to go for a trendy pick. With how this is all going to end, and keep thinking about it like this, the MVP, who is going to come in and aid Mando the most? So not Mando isn't the answer. So it's like, do we think if you think Ahsoka is going to come back in, Bo-Katan, blah 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 blah. Who do we think is going to be the key sidekick to Mando going forward? Boba Fett could be an answer. I'm putting you guys on the spot. We'll go to Dustin and then to Kyle. Uh, I'm gonna go with Boba. Boba. I think Kyle? Boba. I said at the beginning of the episode I'm gonna stick with Baby Yoda. I think uh, he's gonna I figure everything that. out by the end by the end of the season and save his ass. I'm going to go with Bo-Katan. I think that uh, she's going to storm in with a couple more Mandalorians maybe and that this season will end of maybe maybe uh, maybe Mando taking off his helmet 
and really bonding with them and going to retake Mandalore next season. So I'll, I'll go with Bo-Katan, but I like both the Panthers. So I'm going to pull up some uh, uh, questions from our our viewers. They um, This shows the maturity, but I love these questions. They're great, but just keep in mind. Uh, folks, uh, if you are under the age of 10, 12, probably don't listen to this. But I don't think that's anyone. All right. So this um, is this PG-13 is, content is what you're telling me? Yeah, I mean, eh, I feel like we're always at like PG-13R, but I'm just being like, I'm being generous right now. The first question is from a good friend of the program, Joey. Uh, fuck, Mary, kill, Leia, Padme, Ray. I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, for me, it's that's kill, kill Leia. Oh! Well, you gotta think about the... Oh, well, okay. Think about prime... In the movies. In the movies. I'll go my answer. I would... Marry Leia because she's an angel. I would fuck Padme, even though Anakin's a scary, like scorned lover. Like, yeah, that'd be that'd be fucked up to have Darth Vader after you. And then I'd kill Rey because I do not want to have any sort of relation with Palpatine. You know, like if like I like I don't know like what if you I don't even want to get into what I was about to say. So um yeah, <laughs> I was about to say something really fucked up, and I just was like Brian, slow down. Uh, Dustin, you go. Um, let's see. I'd probably, I don't know, dude. I might be the same as Brian. No, 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 no. I'd marry Padme. 100%. No question. Okay. Um, and then I think I would, yeah, I might, (sighs) (sighs) might have to kill Leia. You're gonna kill Leia? I know, dude. That's terrible. No, I'd kill Ray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle, dude. Kyle, what's yours? All right. So obviously, I'm gonna marry Padme because she's clearly into younger dudes, and she's also <laughs> just a, a beautiful human being. Uh, I'm gonna kill Leia because she likes to kiss her brother, which I'm not oh, down yeah. for. What the hell is that? And then that I am going to fuck Ray because she clearly has some daddy issues. So I think that would be the best one. Wow, that she was does. really well thought, actually. Okay, let, I'm pulling up some other questions here. I got um, <laughs> friend of the program, Peter, writes in. This is actually not fucked up. This is a good question, actually. I didn't know this. Um, so it's not always Pedro Pascal under that helmet. Did you guys know that? No. Okay, yeah. I mean, it easily could not be. We would know. Um, I would say though, I up until recently, I like I like Pedro Pascal, obviously from Oberyn and Game of Thrones. Yeah. I thought the last couple episodes, he's really like. I thought this last episode when him and Grogu were talking in the beginning, I was like, Pedro Pascal was killing it. Like I actually thought, like his voice acting with Mando has just been getting better and better. Yeah, I agree. Also, wait, random side note in that episode, because I'm watching it right now. When he's when Baby Yoda's on the seeing stone and he like can't get to him, and then he like leaves him the last time before he gets abducted. Okay, where was his jetpack that he can get back on his back with his That's wrist? That's what I was thinking. Like, dude, you can literally touch your wrist and your jetpack will be on your back and you're running that was so annoying because that episode like, was so good that was so fucking obvious I it was like yeah. they, they've had a couple things that i'm just like, like so all of a sudden he has to run 
like a half mile. Yeah, like three episodes ago, he used his watch. He, to get he, his he has a run like five episodes. And he had a heavy metal suit. He's basically wearing a firefighter suit, like, <laughs> making him run through. Like, um, okay, we got two more questions here before we wrap up. Um, and again, we're going to be. Uh, doing this again next week after last episode and it'll be more natural because we won't have to like recap on the entire show um wow again this is rated r um evan friend of the program can mando no hands a jack this does he need to i'm gonna go ahead and say he's disciplined enough to not even have to worry about that. All right. And then front <laughs> of the program, Steven, is is baby Yoda the Mando's gimp? <laughs> this is what happens when you put out a question to the pineapple couch listeners of hey what do you want to have on the pod this is the thing <laughs> i get sent back also josh has been gone for like 10 minutes when we we're having an actual insightful conversation and just comes back to is Literally baby his gimp. <laughs> <laughs> josh we had a no, full damn yeah, okay. I, i'm sorry okay really quickly josh i'm gonna run these questions because we're gonna wrap up but uh um josh fuck mary kill leia padme ray Wait, wait, wait. Which we talking? What period of like Leia Prime. are we saying? Prime. Prime. Okay, so we're saying like <laughs> Alderaan. It doesn't matter what planet. Whatever just, Prime is to you. Whatever Prime is to you, Josh. Yeah. Just roll. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, no judgment. Leia, it's all Mary Kill. Yeah, if it's fuck Mary uh, Kill. Go. All right. Mary Kill. Okay. Uh. uh fuck Leia. Um, Mary Padme, kill Ray. <laughs> What's your guys' deal against Ray? I like. No, no, I, no, no, like I do. I like. <laughs> it's it's a great. Like I I like Ray a lot. I, I like Ray too. Josh, last question. Get a yellow lightsaber. Last question before we wrap up. <laughs> Who's going to be the MVP of the season, Josh? Who's going to come in and be the biggest ally to Mando to help end the season? It's Boba Fett. It's it's okay. it's got to be Boba. That's what Dustin. Right, the only the I only said. thing is, there's a there's a dark horse random Jedi that could come in that is unnamed for now that could be, what Ezra Mace or potentially very dark horse Luke Skywalker. But okay. I think that's the only the only chance. Or yeah. maybe it's the uh, the the uh, Beskar uh, spear that might be the MVP. Oh, that's a good point too. So you yeah. and Dustin both had a uh, Boba Fett. Kyle actually had my favorite maybe of it all with actually grogu just being able to take control of the situation and then i said bo katan just maybe him becoming more of a mandalorian um i just didn't like how she lied i guess is my thing it's a and kind of like you know drag them along a little bit mm -hmm. is what is what i would say so all right yeah. all right this has been episode 65 of the pineapple couch thank you so much for listening we did some nba we did some bando we will be back next or in two days actually thursday night breaking down um previewing nfl week 14 with our best bets and some college football and maybe some other stuff who knows thank you for listening subscribe five stars all that kyle josh dustin god bless love you all
Peace.